Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest, Dr. Nathan Natwa from Fantasy Docs over on Instagram. He's here to talk about injuries because there's nothing that can derail your fantasy season more than injuries. And I know it's still early in the kind of preseason, but already some players are dealing with some injuries. We just got news Cam Akers out for the season. So it seems like an appropriate time to have him on to talk about some of these injuries. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing really well, Kelvin. Thanks for having me on again. You know, I like doing this at the start of every season. It's nice to kind of hash out all the old injuries, see how the new ones are popping up and just kind of go from there. But yes, I am a, I am a sports medicine physician. I served as a team physician for my alma mater, Michigan State University. Currently, I'm serving as a team physician for Team USA uh, weightlifting. And, um, you know, I just cover a bunch of kind of football related activities and all, all that. So, I'm familiar with it. It's a lot of fun for me to kind of do injury injury analysis. And you can always catch that at my Instagram account at fantasy docs. And, you know, we'll jump into it now. So one of the top requested things that we talk about, and I always like getting this uh, out of the way early so we can kind of have a clear mindset. What is injury prone? Is it real? Is it a label that gets abused and thrown around to players that aren't injury prone? Or is it a real thing that some players are, some players aren't. Just just how would you describe injury prone and what is your kind of definition of that? And how would you officially label a player injury prone? Yeah, so I definitely do think that injury prone is a term that is way overused, but actually does exist. And when people say injury prone, they usually think of it as this player had, you know, two or three injuries and he's just going to be injured the rest of his life. He's always going to get injured. And that's that's not the case it's associated with the injuries that they've had in the past. It's not really like someone is born to be injury prone unless they have some kind of condition that makes their joints like hypermobile or something like that. Very uncommon. I think of injury prone as when a player suffers a specific type of injury that puts them at risk for an associated injury the next season. So one of the, or during the same season. So one of those is ACL tear. And when a player blows out their ACL, they lose a lot of muscle in their quads and their hamstrings, it creates a lot of imbalances. And for that next season, they're injury prone just because they're not running the way that they're used to running. They're trying to play up to their maximum potential. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Some other stuff is when they have plantar fasciitis, it's associated with calf strains because they're offloading their foot and putting way more pressure on that calf muscle. So yes, they're injury prone to an associated injury because they're moving differently than they're used to. And that's personally what I think of injury prone, like uh, not like this guy had a concussion and then, Oh, he also broke his finger and well, I'm not going to touch him for the next five seasons. Someone told me on TikTok that they're staying away from, from Joe Mixon because their brother told them that he has weak like joints and just by nature will get injured every year. And I, I was thinking he hasn't even been injured much for a running back. So that kind of idea that some players are just weak doesn't really exist. It's very rare. Yeah. And that's that's another thing as well, too. It does, something else that can make a player injury prone is how they move. I mean, I'll, I'll just cite the NBA and you, you look at LeBron and that guy, he just started getting injured recently, but he played his entire career without getting injured. And it's because of the way that he moves, he doesn't take, risky movements that put him at a, at a higher probability of injury. And I think that's true in the NFL too. 
there are certain players that put themselves at risk just by taking much more aggressive kind of brash movements, sticking their, sticking their hand out for that goal line talk, like trying to like maneuver around, twist their ankle around just to get that extra yard. And that puts them at risk for, for a high risk of injury. All right. That's a very good uh, kind of debriefing of what that label means. And I hope that it provides everyone some clarity so that they can see a player go down with an injury. And even if it's that player's second injury, that doesn't mean that <laughs> they're, you know, cursed forever. Uh, so unless it's I, their unless it's their Achilles tendon, then they're definitely injury for for the rest of their career. Well, that's no a offense, perfect, makers, I love them, that's, but that's a perfect segue because that's the most recent injury we've had in the football world is Cam Akers. We saw Marlon Mack go down with the ruptured Achilles last year, uh, obviously out for the season. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Cam Akers? What we're looking at for the recovery this season and how it may affect him in years to come? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say that it's not someone that you should stash on your bench. It's not someone that's going to make a miraculous comeback at the end for the playoff run. And you're going to stick him in there and he's going to take you. He's not, he's literally not worth wasting a bench spot on. Uh, when you tear your Achilles, it's at minimum, like even on the faster end, nine months, I saw some other, uh, some other people saying, you know, like anywhere from five to 12 months, it's not going to be like that by month mark. Uh, the issue is, is that the Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the body and it's responsible for the most load. And it's also one of the primary kind of burst provider from that calf muscle uh, or that gastrocnemius. So when that gets ruptured, it, it doesn't heal back. Well, you don't, you don't expect tendons and ligaments to heal because there's no blood flow there. So they have to be surgically reconstructed. And you can imagine that they're not going to be reconstructed to the same strength as what they were pre-injury. So even no matter how strong that calf muscle is, it's not going to matter because that tendon attachment isn't as strong. So he's not going to have the same burst. I think he had the fifth fastest combine time that throw that out the window. That's so he loses like his top end speed, he loses his jump speed. Um, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate, but I, I put in a recent video on it. It just citing some studies on it. A, full, a quarter of these players currently don't ever return to the NFL. Like their career is absolutely just done and they don't even come back. 50% of them that do come back, they suffer some kind of injury that requires them to miss more time. And it's, yeah, Cam Akers could come back, could be that one in a million that comes back stronger. Um, but I personally don't think it's worth it all drafting him in Dynasty or, uh, or redraft, definitely. So even next year when everyone's hyping him up again, you're, you're staying away. Yeah. Unless, I mean, so I guess that has to say the whole premise of my kind of account is I'll draft almost anyone in a situation. It just depends on where they're going uh, outside of camp acres this year. I wouldn't draft them anywhere or pick them up as a free agent, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it has to be a price that's right next season. It would probably have to be in double digit rounds okay. uh, for me to consider going for him. Okay. That makes sense. Now, another player who had uh, either the same or very similar injury was Marlon Mack last year. We saw he was out all last season. Some people, including I, are somewhat worried since the Colts brought him back that he's going to kind of steal some of Jonathan Taylor's work. Are you personally worried about that? Do you think John, uh, Marlon Mack is injury prone? Would he get that label? Or do you think he could become injury prone? As you mentioned, you know, 50% of players with that injury miss more time in the future. So is he kind of not a non-factor when you're looking at Jonathan Taylor for fantasy? Yeah. So, I mean, I do think he's going to take some of Taylor's goal, goal line carries. That's just, that's just how it goes when you have a veteran back 
that the staff really likes that is still on the team and is coming back from an injury. But yeah, like I said before, the Achilles tendon is the worst injury you can have in football. And I don't think he's a threat for carving out like a third time, like a two thirds, one third timeshare. I think, you know, you're going to be playing, you're going to be in a game and he's gonna, he's going to get vultured by Mac and you're going to throw your banana at the TV or something like that. And, uh, and that's going to be kind of the extent of it. I would still not fade Jonathan Taylor because of Marlon Mack. I think that they're slowly going to transition over to, uh, Taylor as the primary back just because he's built more for it. It's what they draft him for. And I think the torch is just going to get passed a little bit sooner than it was supposed to. Okay. So are you comfortable with Jonathan Taylor going, you know, fifth or sixth off the board? Would you draft him there? I would draft him at the back end of the first round. Um, a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that price is you're drafting him like at his ceiling. I don't think he'll finish top three. So, and yeah, I mean, if we're talking, yeah, top five, I would probably, I would probably take uh, one of the top wide receivers at the fifth pick just because all the, all the running backs I really like. Actually, that's not true, but we can move on to another play. <laughs> I would take some running back. So, another running back. Um, that was injured all of last year. We've got several of them, but is being drafted once again, very highly this year. Saquon Barkley. Can you break down that? Because people are fully on board again, the drafting him, you know, third overall in some leagues. Are you hesitant coming off that ACL tear? Yeah, I am very hesitant. And I, I just have the people who are listening, if they actually, if they follow me as well too, I just have a huge policy against not targeting running backs one year after an ACL. And, I know everyone says that Saquon's a generational talent and, you know, he, he is really, really good and he could, he, he could be a generational talent, but even generational talents other than AP and like Shady McCoy. And I think, uh, one other one, no one has done well the season after an ACL injury and these Look are at Dalvin Cook. done really well. Yeah. I was like, it's not like these are players that are done forever, but they are injury prone, injury prone with quotation marks over the next season afterwards. Dalvin Cook had so many injuries that season after his ACL. And uh, and it was just like, it was just a train wreck. So, I mean, there's some t- uh, statistics, statistics for it. I'll just throw out this study that I always throw out from 99 to 2015. And it showed a 50% decrease in touchdowns, uh, yards per carry going from 4.5 to 4.1, and then a 30% decrease in fantasy points across all the... Uh, all the running backs that they were targeting that they were targeting in fantasy 30%. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. And it's like, and they're drafting. So right now Saquon's going in the top five, he's going like fourth or fifth in some drafts. He goes second overall. So you're just like, I don't know. It's just something I wouldn't want to take the risk on because you, he pulls a hamstring, he pulls a quad muscle. He gets patella tendonitis. Um, you know, he gets like a stress injury just because he's loading his foot so much. All these things are associated with recovery from the ACL because it's hard to trust that ACL. That's why we even got that report recently that he's not sure if he's going to be ready for week one, which, which I think is like not true. I think he's going to be ready for week one and they're just playing some smoke and mirrors because, uh, because he injured his ACL very, very early last season. But I mean, I, I'm saying that while also saying that I'm not going to be drafting him in the first half of the first round. And I wouldn't consider drafting him unless I had that swing at the end of the first round. And I was able to pick up like a much more reassuring player right after that. Um, Would you take him? Well, I guess a better question is even if he's fully healthy, are you sold on the situation? Cause that's, um, that's another issue I have is the offensive line still isn't great. 
it's hard to imagine yeah. even if he stays healthy, he's going to have this massive workload through the air on the ground like he did back when he was healthy. You know, yeah. I, the offensive change, they've got Galladay in there. So even yeah. if he's healthy, let's say all 16 games, are you still a little a little less eager to buy him? If he No, nah, if he's healthy all 16 games, I think that uh, even with the trash O-line, I think that uh, Danny Dimes has... Galladay at least to take some of the pressure off. And all you need is all you need is one really solid wide receiver, which I think Galladay is a really solid receiver. I don't think he even had an injury last season. I think he just hates the Lions staff, which as a Lions fan, I can understand, you know, that, that really strong resentment. <laughs> um, but I think that I think that Galladay will be enough to take the pressure off of Saquon Barkley enough for him to show his, you know, generational talent. If big if if he's healthy all 16 games okay. um, and because of that concern on whether he's healthy or not that's why i won't be taking him any anywhere close to the price he's going um you mentioned galladay are you so are you fully in on him as if he's you know not recovering from an injury you're in yeah it was crazy like the reports that were coming out last season were that he was on the field and they're like oh no he's not on the field and they're just like oh, he's practicing and then like later on it'd be attended to did not show up to the entire facility and then there's like these rumors that he was just really unhappy with the staff. They never said any, I've never seen someone be, I've never seen a staff be so closed off about what kind of injury it was. Like they never mentioned anything about the injury. There was no, there was zero information about it other than the, the first time he went out. Um, they said it was like a, a hip injury and then nothing. I was like scouring everywhere <laughs> and they never mentioned at all what injury it was. And I've never seen that before. Uh, so I just really think he was super upset and he just sat out the season. I, you can't blame him. You can't. That team was a dumpster fire. <laughs> now, another running back who was drafted early last year, missed almost the whole season, and is now being drafted early again, is Christian McCaffrey. Now, I like McCaffrey as a player in the situation. I like him more than Saquon. Now, are there similar injury concerns or are you, you know, fully in on McCaffrey again? You're not worried about re-injury or anything? I'm fully, I'm all in on McCaffrey. And this is, this is why it's like some people, some people yell at me because they're just like, Oh, why are you, why are you not on Saquon, but you're on on Christian McCaffrey? And it's because the injuries are totally different. So Christian McCaffrey, he had an AC joint sprain, which um, is insanely painful. If you've had one before, if you go like skiing or snowboarding, they're super common. I, I had one, I had a grade one, which was really painful. And I'm pretty sure Christian McCaffrey had like a grade two or a grade three uh, where the, connection between your clavicle and your acromion, which is a part of your shoulder uh, clavicle goes across your, across your chest that just kind of gets kind of displaced or shifted out of place. And it happens a lot when you fall outwards directly and impact that shoulder it happens a ton in football. And it's so painful that I've had people that are absolute monsters and they just, they can't get back into the field because it's very sensitive. It gets aggravated very easily. So the fact that he missed basically the the back end of the season for that, I'm not surprised about that at all, but he's definitely had enough time for that pain to be completely resolved. Um, and he was running really well too, after he came back from that high ankle sprain, it wasn't, there seemed to be no issues from that either. And also once again, the high ankle injury, I would have been worried about within the same season, but one season apart, the high ankle sprain is not, is not a concern for me. Uh, unlike some of these other injuries that are concerned for me the season afterwards. So if he's there, if you have the first pick, I mean, I'd take him. There's no high, like there's no pick too high that I wouldn't take Christian McCaffrey. He came back from that, uh, that first injury and had 32 fantasy points before getting re-injured. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think he was doing fine out that night. Now, so I mean, that's that's another person who's like seems like a generational talent and also doesn't have concerning injuries. So that's the difference between Saquon and Christian McCaffrey for me. I think before those two injuries last season, he had only missed one game in his whole collegiate and NFL career. He had missed one game at Stanford. So he's, you know, been a beacon of health his whole career. Now, another... I probably would start winding down on him a little bit because he has had a lot of carries. (laughs) He's had a lot of... Yeah, Yeah. that is true. Um, Joe Mixon... Uh, very controversial player in the fantasy world, even taking out the injuries, just the inconsistency, the trash offensive line, um, being on the Bengals, just everything. I remember it was supposed to be an amazing offensive line. And then it turned out to be like the worst in the NFL. I've been hearing the offensive line is finally improved. I've been hearing that for what seems like my whole life. And it's never improved. But he shows flashes every season, it seems, that make you draft him again the next year. Uh, A lot of people have questions about the injuries. He missed a lot of last year. He just kind of disappeared. Another where there weren't many injury updates, it didn't seem. It was like, oh, he could be back soon, and then he was just gone. Are you worried about the injury heading into 2021, or is an injury a non-factor when you're looking at the concerns for Mixon? (laughs) So, so yeah, so last season, I initially I was on the, on the train of Mixon coming back quickly, but then I heard he had a mid, midfoot sprain. And I think, I think I was out on him as soon as I heard the word midfoot sprain because midfoot sprains are awful. If there's something, if there's one injury that I think is worse than a high ankle sprain within the same season, it's a midfoot sprain. And those are, it's just because it's the way that you're planting your foot. You can just imagine like whenever you're stepping, you're putting a lot of pressure on the middle of your foot. If that's, if that's sprain, then I mean, you're kind of just screwed and it's really easy to re-aggravate as well too. It can destabilize two of the bones in your foot called the list Frank. Uh, you probably heard of the list Frank injury. It's kind of like a really, really bad injury. Uh, but overall I'm actually okay with Mixon, and I, I would actually take him. I think, let me see where he's going. I said I would take him in the second, third round, but where's he going, though? I'm seeing him at the 206 on this one, but I know some uh, ADPs have him lower than that. Yeah, it looks like he's going at the end of the second in ESPN live drafts. I would definitely, yeah. If he's in the third round, I would take Joe Mixon. There's a couple reasons. I threw a post on him as well, too. And um, it was it was based on once again their O line improvements. Uh, they did they did draft a couple O line in the uh, in the draft. Jackson Carmen he's expected to be guard. It's pretty raw, but another big thing I thought was big was huge was Jamar Chase. Like I was talking about before, like you have a really deep threat, sick top tier wide receiver. You're not going to be able to pack the box too much. You also have Burrow who. You know, mix. I mean, uh, Mixon wasn't really able to play with Burrow. And Burrow was lighting it up, and then he blew out his ACL. So it was it wasn't a great kind of experience for Mixon because he started playing with Burrow as a rookie, and then as Burrow was kind of getting the feel, he got blown. He just wasn't in the field anymore. And I think uh, Brian Callahan said he wants Mixon to be a three down back, but that could just be like coach speak too. So we'll see. I mean, there's and they took a running back in the sixth round, which that's whatever. Yeah. Now. Another running back who missed significant time last year, playing with a rookie quarterback last year, 
Austin Eckler, he came back after missing seven weeks. Didn't didn't seem as as good as people wanted. I mean, 18 points, 8, 19, 9, 14, and 14. Nothing to call home about. Are you are you worried at all? Or since he came back and didn't get re-injured, are you fine with Eckler? It's that's tough. I threw a post on him as well, too. Just as reference, like all this stuff I'm talking about on here, I'm literally just taking, clicking through my posts and seeing what I wrote on my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, for Eckler, he kind of he cost me a championship last year and I survived kind of without him in another one. He wasn't playing at his full speed when he came back. He had a really significant hamstring injury. Uh, I think they called it a grade two, which is actually like a a pretty severe tear in the hamstring as opposed to a grade one, which you usually see where it's just inflammation in that hamstring and a uh, pulled muscle. Uh, but grade two hamstring strains are really, really severe. They said, I think like muscles hanging off the bone. So it could have even possibly been a grade three with either grade two or grade three. I wouldn't be surprised if a player didn't return the entire season. So the fact that he did return, I, I definitely think that he wasn't playing at full speed. Um, so I do think he should be improved. Uh, this season compared to his return last season. And then the Chargers also upgraded their O-line more so than the Bengals. They brought in like the highest graded center. Uh, they added Preler Nabushi, who's graded out really well and are better definitely than people that they're replacing. And then they also drafted a left tackle too. So with kind of the O-line changes, with them having a full recovery from the hamstring, I would uh, I would take I would take Eckler and it's not really so much based on him like beasting on rushing yards, but I just think he's going to be a PPR monster and I'm good taking him in that late first, early second area. If it's not PPR, then I probably would go with someone else. Okay. That, yeah. Now another PPR monster or should be PPR monster, in my opinion, Antonio Gibson. Uh, He had the famous turf toe, which has plagued so many running backs can you can you explain what turf toe is? Because it sounds like it doesn't sound like a real injury. Everyone else says he has a grade three MCL sprain. That this is just this sounds something made up. But whenever they get turf toe, they're just gone for so long. And I always feel like I have no clue what happened to them. And I heard someone say it's like a break in the toe. Actually, can you explain what turf toe is and how it might affect Gibson's season this year? Yeah, definitely. So when I was talking about a midfoot sprain. You can think about a turf toe as like a midfoot sprain of the of the front of the foot. And what it affects is your big toe, where your big toe connects to your foot. There's a bunch of cartilage tissue around that bone that helps stabilize that joint. And underneath it, there's something called a plantar plate. And the plate helps kind of helps your foot plant, helps it kind of rest stably on a flat surface or helps it wrap around like when you're, when you toes grip down and things like that. And when you kind of, uh, when your toe gets flexed upwards too much, like it gets hyper flexed. Uh, if you can think about your toe pulling it back so far that it hurts, um, when that happens in a sporting environment and it happens very rapidly and quickly, that connective tissue that we're talking about that tears, and sometimes that plate also breaks as well too. And when that happens, when you're just pushing your foot down, kind of with the balls of your feet, if you can imagine that area of your big toe, uh, the connection between the toe and the foot being like just shredded, uh, you can imagine how that would be. That would make it hard to push off, especially in a in a position that requires a lot of burst running and all of that. 
Um, so, and you can imagine also how even regular daily activity would still continuously aggravate that area. So turf toe is another one of those injuries, uh, that is a very severe injury and it takes, it takes an inordinate amount or a huge amount of time to recover from. And some people that it kind of affects their entire career, like AJ green, he had it and then he came back from it and he had it mildly, but he came back too early and then it actually just tore completely and he needed surgery on it. Devonte Adams, he had trip toe, knocked him out basically that entire season. And I was actually concerned for the season afterwards when he was coming back, but, but he proved me very wrong. That was definitely one of my misses. <laughs> yeah, I think he like ended up as like the top overall wide receiver, but um, that's not common for everyone else who's listening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, turf toe, I mean, I was concerned because Gibson, they said that he was, he was still feeling issues in June and I don't know if that's, that's coach shock, but I don't know why they would say that he's still feeling lingering yeah. symptoms. And then the next week they say that, Oh, he's going to be a three down back. We're going to load him up. He's going to like 1000 yards is the minimum. So <laughs> it's really hard to kind of take anything from that, except that I know that turf toe is an awful injury. And there's a lot of players around Antonio Gibson that are injury free, like Calvin Ridley, <laughs> not, not injury free, but less severe injuries. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't pull the trigger on Antonio Gibson and I might get burned for that later on in the season, but I just think the uncertainty is a little bit too high for me. And I'm usually more of a risk averse person when it comes to fantasy. Here are the players surrounding him. So right before him is Calvin Ridley, George Kittle. Then we got Gibson. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Swift, and Hilaire. Do you like all of those guys more than Gibson at that 302, 305 range? Yeah, I actually like Swift yeah. a lot. I think, I think Swift is kind of like a low, not a low key, he's like a high key sleeper that a lot of people know about, but don't really know if they should trust or not. The Lions kind of make him ugly seeming. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be a great safety valve for golf. I think uh, kind of with our wide receiver core being a little bit weaker as well too with Los Galladay. I think he's going to have to lean and on Marvin Swift Jones. a lot more. And Swift is a sweet running back. Like he was arguably one, like the best running back in the draft that, um, that he got taken in. So I think with, uh, with the running back room, much smaller this season and with him have shown a lot of, a lot of promise. I would, uh, I would go with Swift over Gibson. I, f- I feel like if you're you're low on Swift because the team seems ugly, you can't be high on Gibson. I mean, it's a quarterback battle between Fitzpatrick and, and Taylor Heineke. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to be pumped up about that and say, oh, no, Swift, we're not touching that team. I don't know. It just seems like there's a weird, weird narrative around Swift and the Lions that you can capitalize on. Yeah. Sort of like with the Jaguars running backs every year where everyone just kind of stays away. So I'm definitely in on that the Lions, price. The Lions haven't really had a really home run fantasy player in a couple of seasons, I want to say. Yeah, it has been a while. I, I'm a big fan of Hawkinson, though, this year, as well as Swift. I'm I'm in yeah. on those guys. Hawkinson, actually, Hawkinson might have, but it wasn't that hard to be a top 10 tight end. You just had to catch one touchdown pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of tight, speaking of tight ends, nice transition there. George Kittle. Missed a lot of time last year. Do you think he'll come back and be just what he was, you know, the year before that record-breaking season? Uh, He did come back and play the last two weeks of the season. He finished as, well, okay, here's to emphasize how bad the tight end position was. He finished week 16 as the ninth overall tight end with only 11 points. He finished what? He finished 
week 16, he was the ninth overall tight end with 11 points. And week 17, he was the 11th overall tight end with 10 points. So I think a top 10 season is a lock, no matter the how many injuries he he has. But are you worried about him? He's still going pretty early. I think he's going as the third or fourth tight end off the board. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not worried at all about that fracture. That was, uh, it was a cuboid fracture. Yeah, I think it was a cuboid fracture, which is on the outside part of uh, your foot on the, on the pinky toe side. And you don't put too much weight on that side, which is why I expect, I expected Kittle to be back when they released the name of that fracture. So I told people to stash him. He didn't like do that sweep, but I think he did better than a lot of other tight ends clearly in those weeks. But yeah, that fracture heals back perfectly fine. It's not a strong weight bearing area, so it's not easily aggravated. Bones, unlike tendons and ligaments, heal back stronger than they did before, as long as they're not in a watershed area. Um, so there should be no lingering concerns about that. He's got the talents, and I think that he's uh, appropriately priced. One more running back to touch on before we get to a few more a few more players. Uh, so this is kind of this question is wrapped up. Are the 49ers cursed? And then slash Raheem Moster injury slash uh, Trey Sermon. So basically what this person is asking is, what's wrong with the 49ers? Is Raheem Moster going to get hurt again? And should we be stashing Trey Sermon for when that happens? Yeah, Moster, I mean, like I said before, I'm not terribly concerned about high angles the year after, but I think we have just noticed that he had missed a practice recently. Yeah, he was... They said he should be ready for training camp, but he had some uh, some lingering issues, I guess, with his. Yeah, what's his uh, what's his ADP? Because that'll be. Yeah, he's eighty-eight. Yeah, I would be down to I'd be down to take a gamble on most to that area because I mean he's a when he's on the field. He's got the trust of the uh, of the staff. He gets a lot of carries, at least when he was playing. I think that's yeah. I'm actually gonna put him on my like stash list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I, that's it. That's surprising, but good to hear. Cause I mean, 5.4 yards per carry over the past two years is, I mean, that's unreal. Um, yeah. the, the offense, I mean, he made some electric runs last year. It was insane. He would just have the ball like deep in San Francisco territory and just take it all the way down the field. Yeah. He was so fast. I think he had some of the, the fastest plays. He is 29 years old. Are you worried about the age at all or no? Because I, I don't think he's had that many. I don't think he has too much tread on his tires. Because <laughs> he's been gone all the time. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just been like, he's missed so much. <laughs> all right, so that that is a good stash because mid-seventh round, there are not many running backs left. I, I mean, mean, I think... Yeah, not many possible RB1s, which I do think most are qualifies as a potential RB1. Not like a likely RB1, but... Like if he like plays the whole RB. season without being injured, he'll be an RB1. Yeah. yeah, there are not many more of those. The other running backs around there are uh, Kenyon Drake and James Conner, those guys. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick between those three, it would definitely be like Moster and like just, I would just wouldn't take anyone else. I was like, I'll just ride empty. Which just- if Kenyon Drake is healthy the full season, I don't want him anyways. <laughs> now, this guy started off his career as one of the brightest superstars in the league, quickly flamed out. To the point of, I mean, fantasy irrelevancy for the past few years. Odell Beckham Jr. coming off the ACL. I think uh, <laughs> I, I can kind of predict <laughs> what your opinion is going to be on Odell. Uh, but can can you just give a very quick, brief overview of Are you staying away from Odell Beckham Jr. this year? Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's just had 
too many injuries. And I don't know. I just not like, not that he's injury prone. It's just, even when he's healthy, I, I don't, I feel like I haven't seen him do a crazy amount last season. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really see the incentive in it. Where is he? Where's he going? Actually, he better not be going in the top 50. If he's going in the top 50. That'd be wild. He's going, let me see. He's going 65. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so he's going around people like Brandon Ayuk, who I would I'll take Ayuk over for him. I mean, the Browns, even if he's healthy, it's a run heavy team. Yeah. Travis, Travis Etienne is around him. Yeah. I would definitely take Etienne. Kareem Hunt would take him. Jamar Chase, I would take him for sure. Uh, I wouldn't take Chase. I would take Odell over like Chase Edmonds. All right. That's, that's fair. Chase Edmonds is just a player that I, I'm not drafting anywhere this year. And then there's Mike. So Mike Davis, Logan Thomas, Cortland Sutton. I would consider taking Logan Thomas if I hadn't had a tight end by that point instead of Odell. He's that low for you. But um, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, yeah, those would be like tough choices. Not T. Higgins because T. Higgins is like dead after after Shamar Chase got. <laughs> <laughs> that was unfortunate. I was so high on him coming in this year until they drafted Jamar. Um, another wide receiver. We can we can try to keep these short so we can get you out of here on time. Um, Michael Thomas. Are you worried? I mean, he two years ago, best wide receiver ever. Now he's, you know, fallen from grace mid third rounder. Yeah, I think uh, I love that he's in the third round. I think that's a great place for him. Um, he had a high ankle sprain. You know, he came back early from it. Uh, he played through a lot of pain. I think he was going to get surgery too. Uh, we never got any, we, got not, we never had any information about him having surgery, which is interesting. So I'm assuming his symptoms improved and that's a good thing. And I would, uh, I would expect what's his, uh, Jameis, I would expect Jameis to be the quarterback and I would expect that to be a good thing for Michael Thomas. So I would be good. Supported Godwin and Evans. Yeah. In the third round, there's hardly any risk. I mean, if you were going second or first, there's, you know, all sorts of risk, but his ADP very much is accounting for the change of quarterback and the, the injuries last year. I feel like, yeah, um, one last or a few more, one more wide receivers. Julio Jones, are you drafting him in? I think he's going fourth round right now. Yeah, for, early fourth round. Uh, I would absolutely grab Julio because I think that Tennessee is made for two high output, output wide receivers. Um, and Corey Davis is not. Corey Davis, Davis is Davis. out of the picture, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, just making sure. I was like, so yeah, and I think that AJ Brown and Julio Jones is a great tandem. I think that he is definitely recovered, kind of from from his. Well, hopefully he's recovered from the hamstring. I was a huge advocate of trading that guy as soon as I found out he was trying to play through the hamstring last season. Um, I was not high on him at all all of last season, but I do think now he's had adequate time to recover. I think he's due for a bounce back. He's honestly crushed it outside of last season. And the hamstring was the only thing that seemed to be the issue for him. And he's a top three slash five wide receiver talent. When he was on the field, he was putting up insane numbers. Uh, he averaged, yeah, he averaged over 16 points in the games he played last season while playing through like the hamstring injury. Week six, 29 points. He was great on the field. So, I mean, I, I think if you can get Julio Jones in the fourth round, you should absolutely do it. And I would, I would also think about um, in the late third round as well, too. Really? You're taking that early. Interesting. That's, 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 it would be pretty late in the third though, but um, like the back last like three picks. That's good to hear though. Cause that's a player that I, I have had no idea where I stand on him because 
I mean, we have the name recognition of Julio. We know what he can be, but I just don't know how I feel if he'll recover. So that was a good one to get clarification on. Um, Joe Burrow, does the ACL concern, does that worry you for the quarterback as much as it does for the running backs, or are you fine with him? Yeah, I'm not concerned about ACLs and quarterbacks, especially for quarterbacks that are not like super dependent on running, which Joe Burrow is not super dependent on running. Uh, he's more of a pocket passer, and I think that he should come back perfectly fine from his HCL. He's definitely on my list of quarterbacks I'd be happy rolling with throughout the season. All right. Cortland Sutton returns from his ACL injury to lead young group of receivers. That's the headline for him. Are you worried about that ACL with the wide receiver? Less so than with running backs, <clears throat> but yeah, it still is a concern. Still, still concerning. Yeah. And still, he is a higher risk of an injury, but he's not like an absolute avoid like I am with running backs. Would you rather take um, Jerry Judy in the end of the seventh round or Cortland Sutton in the beginning of the seventh round? Judy. Judy? I feel like, yeah. Because Judy was a rookie last season. He's going to have like much more of a globe. And he was a, he's a phenomenal wide receiver. He was like one of the, oh, yeah. One of the top uh, college wide receivers. So I would expect him to see good things. And if uh, with Sutton being a little bit higher injury risk, it gives Judy a lot more chance to rise up and you get him at a cheaper price. Do you think that they'll uh, roll with Bridgewater and Locke? Or do you think they're going to make a push for... I saw Deshaun Watson is projected possibly going there. I mean, this is an injury. This is just... what. Do you think they'll get a different quarterback? I mean, if, if Deshaun Watson's there, then man, those two wide receivers are going to jump a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're not going to be the seventh anymore. Uh, I don't know, man. Watson's Watson's doesn't have so much leverage with trading. Well, we need a lawyer on the show to talk about <laughs> that. Uh, I don't. I don't think Watson's going anywhere. I, it didn't seem like he was going anywhere before nothing was going on in his life, and Texans like didn't want to trade him. And now I think he has no bargaining power. So I don't see any reason why the Texans would trade him. All righty. The last player, I think, I think we've made it through all of them. The last one, I'm wearing his jersey right now. Started off the season blazing hot. Went down with one of one of the worst injuries I've like watched. Um, Dak Prescott. Do you think he rebounds? Or do you think that that, that gruesome ankle injury is going to be something that kind of plagues him this season? That's, that's really tough. Because they haven't really been saying too much on deck. Uh, it's, I mean, it's all been positive news, which I feel like they always do with these really gruesome mm-hmm. injuries. I did not want to um, draft him just based on the type of injury it was in the short term. I think that he's going to have a lot of stiffness and it's going to restrict his ankle, restrict his ankle mobility and it's going to make him a little bit less mobile. And he does have a good amount of dual threat ability. And I think it's really going to cut back on his rushing ability, both because both because of physically and also a little bit of mentally when you suffer an injury like that, you it's really hard to kind of move on. And hopefully he is able to move on sooner rather than later. But I just think that it cuts very strongly into his uh, on the ground points, which, you know, knocks him down to target round of seven to nine for me instead of like the fifth, seventh round where he's going. I do think that it upgrades all of like the receiving positions and receptions for Zeke as well, too, just because I think he is going to be throwing more. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be that like amazing player he was last season uh, for the first part of the season. So are you in on Lamb in the middle of the fifth round? Yeah, 
I mean, I think Prescott's just going to be launching bombs all okay. game. And I think everyone's going to eat in Dallas. I'm going to be excited about that. Uh, do you think Pollard is going to have value with that uh, more pass-heavy offense? Uh, I see a lot of people yeah, out on Zeke in on like Pollard a, more. More in like a 14 or 16 team league as like a, as like a flex spot. Uh, okay. I do think that Pollard is one of the few handcuffs that's worth having uh, just because it's definitely Pollard. It's definitely Madison. And I think that's about it, actually. I don't know anyone else who's like a very strong handcuff. Uh, I'm missing like one person. Did you say them or? You said you said Pollard, Madison, um, Hunt, right? Oh, well, Hunt's, Hunt. Yeah. Is Hunt a handcuff? Hunt yeah, I mean, Hunt's like, Hunt's a standalone running back. Yeah. Like that guy, I had that guy plugged into my lineup all year <laughs> <laughs> while like Chubb was on the field and while he wasn't on the field. Yeah, um, but I guess, yeah, Hunt is a handcuff. He's just a very, very expensive handcuff. Who's the who's the handcuff to own for Darrell Henderson? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think Henderson was a handcuff and I got eviscerated for that. <laughs> I was just like, it's not worth like spending a bench spot on handcuffing acres with Henderson only because not because I didn't think acres would get injured. I just didn't think that Henderson would be, would return the same amount of value. So, oh yeah. So I definitely have no idea who's Henderson's handcuff. I'm, I'm trying to find the back. We've got Xavier Jones uh, <laughs> and Jake Funk are the guys behind him. Uh, we'll, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of staying away from that that backfield. I feel like they're going to bring Todd Gurley back and it's yeah. going to be just a gross fantasy like situation. Dude, Gurley was crushing it the first half of last season, though. He had so many touchdowns. It was insane. <laughs> what was he, like two he point like yards per, per carry? <laughs> I think uh, some games he had like more touchdowns than yards because he was like less than a yard away and he scored like two touchdowns. They'd like pull him out. And then bring him back for the. T- Do you remember the game? Yeah, it was him who against. I think it was the Lions. He like accidentally scored the touchdown. Yeah, he didn't want to. He hates fantasy football. I remember he, <laughs> he's like released so many comments about how much he hates fantasy football. On the Rams, he had a game where he had like forty-seven points, and then downed himself at the one to like save time or or, or kill time. And he released a statement that he hated fantasy football. And then he tried to do that last year. And as revenge, I guess, yeah. fantasy football got him and he went in the end zone. And then they lost. <laughs> that was yeah. So I always ask this whenever I've got someone on the podcast, at the end of the show, I always ask, who is, I asked them a few questions. One, who is the one player that you are leaving every single draft with? It can be any position. It's just you're completely in on them. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. One second. Let me, let me quickly go to this. Cause I, I have someone in mind. I just want to make sure that there's no one else that I'm super high on. Honestly, it's actually, it has been Ridley for me for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And actually I got into a huge argument over it because of like freeway, like draft order, creator, uh, free waiver budget, how many players we were supposed to have. And because of it, I didn't get Ridley and I should have, and they didn't let me get Ridley, so I left the league off. <laughs> so, so I think that I am very keen on Ridley uh, still again this season. I mean, I and, wouldn't be surprised if he finished number one at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I'm, I'm really high on him. So I would go with him. And yeah, that's my final answer. All right. And then the final question, who or two more questions. Who is your biggest sleeper this year player that you just think is no one's drafting him at the right price and he's going to break out. You mentioned Swift earlier. Is that the guy for you? Yeah, 
I would definitely go with Swift. I think he's going to be sick. So, and that's probably some of my lines, my lines fanhood that's coming out too. And then the final what question what are yours? for me for sleepers. Uh, I mean, I can't say Travis Etienne twice. Um, just kind of cheap. It's hard. <laughs> you said Etienne, that counts. Honestly, a deeper sleeper that I I'm a big fan of this year is Devontae Smith. He's going pretty late, okay. and he's the only wide receiver there. Um, I know there are concerns yeah. that he's like 160 pounds or whatever, <laughs> but he's still yeah, he's dominated so against other teams. <laughs> so I just think, given the value, given the low ADP and the fact that he will be the wide receiver one, whether he likes it or not, I I, I think he'll do better than people expect. Okay, that's fair. And then the final question I've got for you, who is your biggest bust? Just player that you think people are going to draft and they will be extremely disappointed in. Oh, man. Should I put that, I put that bad juju on Saquon? <laughs> that's, that's my guy bad. for it. <laughs> I feel bad about that, but yeah, I would say Saquon. Saquon, yeah. I'd have to be in the same boat. And if he goes off, we're going to get so much hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you well, so hopefully much. Hopefully, does though. You know, for Saquon's sake, I'd be fine if he blew up. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it would be, be good to have another great <laughs> running back in fantasy, another yeah. dual threat guy. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As always, it was a pleasure and an educational experience to talk through some of the injuries. It definitely helped me kind of understand how to evaluate some of these players as we get into draft season, and. Everyone always loves these. Uh, they always DM and say that these are their favorite podcasts of the year. So thank you so much. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Hit it with a follow on Fantasy Docs, y'all. I'll be, I'll we'll be link him in the bio. You have anything, any closing remarks? No, no. This was great. Had a lot of time. I had a lot of fun doing it. So. All right. We will see you next time.